Welcome to Design Your Life, the podcast where we explore applying design principles to everyday life. I'm your host and founder of Frost Collective, Vince Frost. My guest today is Frankie Ratford, former Frosty and founder of The Design Kids, a global online studio resource bridging the gap between studying and working in design across 33 countries. Frankie made the leap from a full-time designer to a full-time adventurer. After deciding to leave Frost Collective, she found herself traveling around the world and discovered what really mattered to her, design, travel, and business. Today, she's the founder of The Design Kids and spends her time coaching her favorite graphic design businesses around the world. Designing a life is different for everyone, and for Frankie, designing her life meant making the deliberate choice to take the road less traveled and not to follow the prescribed career trajectory she'd been told to take. As someone who really believes in designing success for herself, Frankie's story of having the courage to listen to her inner aha moments and act on them, especially when the risk was so high, is an incredibly inspiring one. So it's really cool to be here today in Redfern with Frankie. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> Hi, Vince. It's really cool because you used to work for me back in 2008, 2009. Was it the first job you had when you came from England? No, no, I went to uni in Melbourne. Ah. Um, but you were my first big job. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird us sitting opposite each other 10 years later. I've been following your, your trips around the world and everything, and it's just like, you know, with the, the design, design kids, um, it's phenomenal to see how you've grown that um, from, oh, first of all, Probably just talk about, you know, what was it like to work for me? <laughs> I always thought this was going to be really awkward. It's like a, an exit interview. Yeah. Um, well, kind of. It could be. Let's see so how this, it goes. This is, <laughs> this is where I fangirl out. So yeah. all the way through uni, I think I saw you speak at AG Ideas in 2005. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is the shit. I have to work for him. And I became wow. obsessed with you. And I was like, what? I really, I've never told you this. No. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I really want to work at Frost. My mum bought me the Frost book for Christmas. My mum knows nothing about design. Oh. So pretty amazing stuff. That's um, sweet. And yeah, when I graduated, I got my graduate job in here, which was amazing considering I was studying in Melbourne. So I called my mum from the payphone outside the old oh. um, Foster Street office and I was like, mom, I got the job. And she cried and I cried and it was awesome. Oh. And um, yeah, it was it a didn't really... last very long though. Oh, I was there for a year and a half. <laughs> well, that wasn't very long. <laughs> That's 10 years of you frost time. You loved it so much, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, 10 years of frost time. No, yeah, no, nice. but it was, um, it was really funny because... The longer I worked in a full-time role, the more I realized I didn't want it, but I found it very confusing because there mm. wasn't another role I wanted. Yeah. So I had this really um, big kind of contrast in my life where I didn't want to get the same bus every day. I didn't want to eat the same sandwich every day. I didn't want to look at the same person through the crack in the screen every day, like yeah. through the desks. Yeah, yeah. And I was really fighting that routine. I'm not a routine person at all. So it was really hard. I was on the best team with you and Kwan. Yeah. We had the best clients. Yeah. We had the we were doing like the small kind of boutique arty jobs, not yeah. the corporate stuff. And I just I really didn't know what to do after that because that felt like everything I'd ever wanted. And it was like, where do you go from there? I re mm. I thought I was at the top of the mountain and I was kind of looking around for the next mountain. Well since the time that you were incredibly ambitious I mean that you didn't hide that um, and I don't I like know that you say that that's nice yeah no that's cool but I think that that's something that's to be celebrated and um, what I thought was cool was just the how you've evolved since then to have this incredibly nomadic life it seems you know you kind of you're all over the world and I mean just tell me how 
oh, tell the listeners how um, Design Kids came about. Uh, okay, so I left you in the middle of the recession. Always a good move. So everyone didn't have a job and I quit my best job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to go traveling for six months. And the idea was to do no design stuff for six months. So I was obsessed with graphic design for you know, 10 years before I started working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to work at such an amazing studio and not know where to go next, I really didn't know what else to do. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I'm good at something else. And I just didn't know it. So I thought I'll have six months off, no design stuff. So I went to, I went grape picking in the South of France. I went to New York the day Michael Jackson died. So 25th wow. of June, 2009. Um, I went hiking across Reunion Island um, and I ended up in Madagascar and I had this amazing epiphany in Madagascar. Um, I was there I with my paid brother. You too much. <laughs> you did not. Did you, did you... <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk around that? No, no, let's not, let's not go there. But yeah, keep going, keep going. You talk, um, you, you no, no, on. I'll come back to that point though because it's okay. a really good point. Um, so I'm in Madagascar with my brother and um, this guy asked us, what do you do? And my brother says, I'm a teacher. And I said, I'm a graphic designer. And he didn't know what that was. And I was drinking a bottle of water at the time. And I said, the label, we design things like this. Mm. And he said, why? And I was like, wow, this is my whole life's work. And, you know, you don't have any water and I'm looking at the kerning or the oh. fact it's like a teal that I didn't really like. or And I thought, what am I doing? This is insane. So I kind of wanted to redesign my life. So I wanted to help people basically and give mm. back. Um, but I also you took stole, my line. I was yeah. going to ask you, have you designed your life? <laughs> you have already. Well, you stole my future book title, so we're even. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember when your book came out and I was like, no, that's my life. Which one? <laughs> Design your life. Oh, was it? Yeah, I love that title. It was brilliant. Okay. Yeah, so I started to kind of look at who I was a, as a person and mm-hmm. what skills I could bring. So obviously the design industry is my passion. Um, but on top of that, what am I good at that other people aren't good at? Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a list. It's actually quite hard writing a list of things you're good at, but mm-hmm. it's very easy to write things you're bad at. Yeah. And so I wrote about 400 things that I'm very bad at, like spelling, um, accounts, lists. Uh, singing, <laughs> many things, um, being on time. No, I'm kidding. I'm really good oh, at being on time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you lived that one up. Um, <laughs> It wasn't my fault. The airport was on fire. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But then I wrote seven things I'm actually good at, and it was uh, remembering names, remembering people's birthday. You're the 23rd of November. Is that right? Yeah, don't say the year, okay? (laughs) I won't say the year. Oh, well done. Um, I'm really good. I'm very resourceful. I'm good at traveling on a budget. I'm really good at parallel parking. Um, And I'm energetic as fuck. So I was like, what can I do with all these skills and help the design industry? So I started looking at the design industry and what the gaps were in the industry. And I think studying... Basically, there's a huge hole between when you graduate and when you get your first job. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to make that transition. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the universities don't actually teach anything about the industry. They teach you how to be a designer, but not about other designers, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And it's really hard for them to be in touch with everything that's happening in the industry. So I figured that was my thing. I was going to bridge the gap between studying and working. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, off I went. So I think I started Design Kids the 2nd of November, 2009. So yeah, 10 years this year. It's crazy. Yeah. So you, remember, you remember my birthday, but you're not 100% sure about when you started your company. I did remember your birthday. No, no, I'm saying that. But you, you were like, I think I started in 2000. No, 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 I did. It was uh, the 2nd of uh, November. Okay, so. cool. Um, but, but what do you do? So, yeah, you're helping bridge that gap. So I guess but how do you literally do that? 
So it's evolved over the years. So the first iteration of that was a shop. So students would design T-shirts, posters, tote bags, and then cool designers that are working in studios would buy them. And then they would get rich and famous. And it was amazing. And I had no wow. idea what I was doing. No, it was terrible. Don't oh. say wow. It was the worst thing ever. But I think the cool thing is just start something. Yep. You can like evolve it later. I think we all have this really big fear of like, what if it's not perfect? What if mm. it's not um, what it needs to be. And I kind of just didn't care. I just jumped in with both feet and I was like, I'll just figure it out in the way. Um, so yeah, the first year, I think Design Kids was just a shop. And it was pretty amazing. We'd send out these newsletters and sell like 500 bucks worth of stuff every month. And it was insane. It was rubbish. <laughs> I got yeah. this, like, stop buying it. This sucks. Aww. It's like that quote um, where your taste has to catch up with your skills. I can't remember who said it. I can't remember either. Yeah, and it's... It's uh, not a figure. It's, you can't remember it. It's basically... <laughs> but it's basically um, where you know it's not good enough, but you're going in the right direction. You yeah, know yeah. you're going to get there. So it irritates you because it's your oh, taste you... and your skills are not at the same level. So you're talking about what you were doing. Yeah. So, the, the, so the, I knew the, the it wasn't good business. enough at the time, but I just yeah. had to start somewhere. So we started with a market stall in my front yard. I had... My flatmate was a DJ, and we had this kind of weird shop on in Bondi, and um, it was like half garage sale half pop-up shop half private party people walk past they have no idea what's going on it's very confusing and weird um but it was really cute because i think maybe i had 20 friends come and they all bought like a t-shirt or a roll of tape or like whatever we designed at the time yeah. and that was really beautiful to have that support off the bat even though it was rubbish uh that was just a little push that i needed to yeah. keep going so so it's really evolved since then and then how has it how has it evolved since then um so basically i guess the first thing that happened was I got offered an exhibition space in Sydney mm -hmm. and um, I went through this phase of just saying yes to everything and I was like, yep, sure, we'll do it. And then I was like, shit, what am I going to exhibit? Yeah. Like, I just kind of jump and then figure it out. And I thought, okay, well, this is a good opportunity for the design kids to exhibit rather than me personally. And what is design kids? It's getting a student and a creative director talking to each other. So mm. we did this uh, show called Terrible Twos, which was a A1 piece of wood. Yeah, yeah, cut diagonally in half. Yeah. Half went to the student, half went to the studio. Um, um, and then we gave them a list of compound words like aftermath, lighthouse, pineapple, um, and they did half each. And then we joined them back together, auctioned them off for charity. I think we made eight grand. It was crazy. Wow. Um, it was so bad. My first show that the lighting was bad. The photography was bad. But there was so many people came along and it was a huge success. Yeah. Um, and in the lead up to it, I was working for Finders Keepers blog and I didn't have any press. So I decided to interview myself. <laughs> and I was like, so Frankie, tell us about yeah. your exhibition. And I was like, well, it's going to be amazing. We're doing yeah. it in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. And I really like to do this, like project things and see what comes back. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. never going to do it in Melbourne and Brisbane. I just wanted to kind of see who was listening. Oh. Um, no one's going to call you in three years and be like, you said this in 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Well, they might now no but they did <laughs> oh they did yeah so brendan mcknight was the editor of desktop at the time mm -hmm. and he messaged me and said we want to do the other two shows with you wow. and i was like wow this is awesome so we did melbourne and that was amazing to go back to where i'd studied and hit up the top 20 studios in melbourne every single one of them saying yes mm -hmm. and then we opened applications for students and we had 600 applications for 20 spots so obviously the 20 students were amazing because they were mm. really high quality and a lot of those people still work at those studios like eight years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's insane. So they owe you a lot for that. Yeah, so that was really fun. And then um, I realized people were getting jobs and actually it didn't really matter um, if we sold a t-shirt or not. So it was like, okay, let's just evolve this to a platform where we can get help people make connections. Mm. Um, so now it comes in three parts. So the first part is research. So we have a directory, we have interviews, 
Um, we have lots of things on the website where you can kind of suss out what kind of designer you want to be. The middle bit is getting connections. So we have a meetup once a month. We run 495 a year around the world. It's insane. Wow. Um, and those are in design studios. They're design speed dating. They're magazine swaps. They're drinking beer, whatever. Uh, we have everyone else's events we promote. We have competitions and awards. So that's the idea there is to get yourself and your work out there. Mm. And then the final bit is job hunting. So we've got a jobs board, internship board, internship advice. Um, and we kind of encourage people to go through that process because if you just go onto a jobs board and start applying, that's where the issues are because mm. you don't know who you are as a designer and you also don't really know who they are either. So you're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and it's like, dear sir, madam, dear sir, madam, dear sir, madam. And like the person that's hiring is getting, you know, 2,000 bad emails just going, I don't want any of these people. That's why you hire through word of mouth. So yeah. we want to educate the students about the industry, get them to build up their connections and then get a job. And I always say the longer they spend on the first two, the easier the last one is. And you, you asked for a coffee when you came in. And you said you only have a couple a year. Yeah. You are not know me like this, are you? Is it the coffee that's made you so hyper? Oh, no, I'm always like this. I this is Frankie on, like, yeah. slow. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm exhausted. That's what I love about you is your incredible optimism and uh, passion and determination because a lot of people have have nothing compared to what you've got. <laughs> and um, I just want to know where that's coming from. Have you been were you born that way? Like the energy, yeah, the energy and the in mm. this the determination and you know you know you know you know you just keep pushing, 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 and you and you're doing phenomenally well at breaking through and, and making such a difference, you know. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm quite competitive, um, and I think I've always kind of been a bit of a goal setter. So I grew up in England, and when I was 14, my parents brought me here on holiday, and I was like, I want to be a graphic designer in Australia. That's my goal. Mm. And uh, Mum said, That's fine. You just have to finish school. So yeah. I finished school, and uh, yeah, moved out here at 18 by myself. Wow. And then I applied for residency. I think nine years later, four or five times, and they kept kicking it back in my face. And I was like, No, I am not going home. I, it's just not a no. It's not yeah. an option. Um, and I think that really builds resilience in you where you're like, no, I'm doing this. Like, what do we need to do to make this happen? It's just it's not a no and you just walk off and you're like, okay, cool. Mm. The decision's made. It's like, I'm not listening. Like, <laughs> how do we make this happen? And I think that just like sheer determination of like what you want is awesome. Mm. But I think my energy, um, I don't know. Like I'm, I've designed my life so well that I'm only doing the things I'm good at. There's a million things I'm terrible at and mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with them. And so I get so much joy from what I actually do that it brings its own energy. Well, maybe talk about that because I think a lot of people end up doing a lot of things that they're not good at and, yeah. it, and they don't have a very happy life <laughs> exactly. as a result. Exactly, yeah. So how did you make that? Because it's on the face of it, it looks like a really tough decision to, to, to even acknowledge that you're not good at something. No, it's great. You're well, like, no, oh, I, I never have to do this again. Amazing. Okay. No, right. no, no. Well, you must have, you have a different filter. Yeah. <laughs> Other people would be hung up on the fact that they're not good at something or they're trying to be good at everything, you know? And, yeah, um, no. God, no. Yeah. I know I'm not good at everything. So do you think others do that? Any people you know have done the same thing? Where they that focus on their strengths? On their strengths and weaknesses and... Um, oh, that's a really good question. Who else do I know that would be doing that? Well, the fact you're thinking about it, it's not a good sign. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think because people hide their weaknesses really well. Mm -hmm. So let's take Gemma, for example. She was going to be, you were going to interview her today. Gemma yeah, I know. We're doing her next week or coming up. It's coming up soon. I, I, so I'm staying with her tonight. And I'd say Gemma. Does she know that? 
Yeah. <laughs> She's got that attic prepared yeah. for me. It's very exciting. She's put a pup tent in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You should have had both of us on here together. Oh, that, that would have been, been awesome. Yeah. Um, but I'd say Gemma, for example, is so gung-ho and crazy. She's got weaknesses too, I'm sure. You just don't know what they are because she's so full of life and, like, pushing forward. So mm. I think the people that are doing it well, you're not concentrating on the negatives, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, Totally. But for the listeners, people who get stuck, I think this is something that's interesting yeah. with, around designing a life and doing what, having a better life, better outcome is is how do you how do you cope with that? How do you manage that? You know, the days that are harder. Um, you know, just you know, actually focusing on your strengths because I think that do people do? I think people often don't think about it that way. I mean, maybe people think that something easy is not good too. You know? Yeah, I think you're either like swimming upstream or downstream, mm. and you know which you're doing. Like I'm very much sailing downstream at the moment. It's so great. Um, but it's taken a long time to get there. In in like three months ago, I was in a really bad place mentally and I was kind of battling everything. And I was like, okay. And I just got back from a trip a month ago and I was like, I need to change everything. I need to change where I'm living. I need to change where I'm working. I need to change some of my friends. I need a new phone. <laughs> I need to hire someone new for my Airbnb. I need to this. And I literally did every, I got a new car, um, everything on the same day. I just went changing it all. And I instantly felt so much better because it wasn't working for me. But I think just being really hyper aware of what's working and not what, what's not working mm. is, um, is really good. And did you have to wait for it to get really bad before you made those changes? Yeah, I think so. Like, I feel like my life is very much a roller coaster, but I'm, I'm getting better at listening to myself. And those lulls are kind of exciting, like because you're like, okay, this really isn't working. This is great. I mm. need to do the opposite. It's kind of that middle ground that's dangerous, mm. where you're just kind of ticking along. So, but I, I think there's a danger. Sorry, um, with designing your life, I think, like the last six years, I've been traveling for Design Kids and. It's almost, I've designed it too well. It's like all the highlight reel, but none of the normality. And now I'm actually craving normality. Ah. I'm like, I want a house. I want people around. I yeah. want a bit of routine. Yeah. <laughs> and and those things change and it's fine. But um, I think I've had so much excitement over the last six years that now I'm actually craving the opposite, which is wow. funny. <laughs> and you, you said six years because you talked about it a while back that you'd, you'd been traveling the world for six years. Yeah. So I, uh, where was I? 2012 I was living in Byron I was sick of people talking about the surf and I was like I want to talk about design I don't know where I want to live I've lived in Sydney and Melbourne I don't know where to go so I thought you know what I'm going to live in all the cities in Australia and I'm going to understand the industry in each one so I set up on this Australian road trip um, with nothing with like, a van with a van <laughs> well the year before I was teaching in Brisbane and working in Byron and it's a three hour drive but mm. I only did it once a week so it was totally fine yeah. um, so the following year I was like okay cool I'm going to do this big trip I got 10 grand in sponsorship which now I laugh at um, and I had a van I got rid of all my possessions I got rid of my warehouse my co-working space everything and I was like right I'm leaving in a week and then the sponsor pulled out and I was like oh shit <laughs> oh, I had like $64 um, oh. a van and I told everyone I was going to drive around Australia and I think that's another thing I do really well is like tell people what I'm going to do because that accountability is huge yeah. you can't then back out if like you know a hundred people were like where are you going on your trip you're like oh I didn't do it whoops so yeah. you kind of have to do it so I thought and I love having my back against the wall in these scenarios where the problem solving is so extreme mm -hmm. it's like $60 a van 
a road trip. How do we put, how do we make this work? And I decided if I could drive three hours to work, I could just fly. So I flew to work for an entire year. Um, so I drove from Noosa all the way. So Brisbane down to Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, and back again. And I flew to Brisbane every single week and taught for oh, two wow. days and paid for the whole thing. Mm, um, from wherever you were. Yeah. And That's it was crazy. Cool. And everyone was like, what are you doing? This is insane. And I was like, actually, it's not. I know when I'm working. So I pre-bought all the flights and my flights were cheaper than my rent. So I was actually richer by flying to work than I was oh sitting at home. Oh, genius. And that's, and that's a real, like you've read for our work week, right? Uh, I skimmed read it. Yes. Oh, Vince, come on. We'll cut design, this bit out. Design your life yeah, is yeah, so yeah. Um, know, in is, line is, with that. Is. Yeah. Why we cut that bit out? Uh you don't like Tim Ferriss? No, 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 no. You obviously have more time to read than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. On I flights. read a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's a really big part of your designing your life is is what you want and then building everything else around it. So mm. these are the things I wanted and these are the sacrifices I have to make to make it happen. So yeah. me me flying to work wasn't a negative thing in my eyes. Like I was actually richer and having more fun. No, no it's bizarre, isn't it? Because people. You're thinking outside the box, literally. You're just yeah. thinking differently about how do I solve this problem Yeah. for the better. Yeah, and it was so fun. I mean, I remember driving and I was exhausted. I was working five days a week, t talking at all the universities, running workshops, going to visit studios, and fly up to Brisbane, teach for 20 hours, fly back again, and there was no breaks. So it was so insane. And um, I got to Melbourne, I think, and just started crying and didn't stop. I was so exhausted. Oh, but I also was so happy. I was like, I'm doing the two things I love, which are design and travel. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like someone was going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, you can't do this. This isn't real life. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting away with this. This is amazing. So did you find a situation where, you know, traveling around Australia, talking to a lot of young students, you know, I guess design schools as well and the industry, and then the world, you did that kind of around the world. Did you find that it was a similar problem everywhere? Um, with getting the disconnect. a job? Yeah. yeah, huge. Everywhere. So it's is it amazing. the education system that's doing that? Yeah. The, all the energy is put on the um, getting the students in. And then the other end is kind of drop the ball a little bit. Mm. And some unis are better than others. But it's insane to me because if they actually invested energy into placements and really helping the graduates, that sells the courses the other end. Their mm. stats are really high, their reputation's amazing, and that actually helps them in the long run. But all the money is going through to getting do, people. Do they ever into pull you course. in and say, hey, can you help us with their, our curriculum and so to help? Yeah, I've written a few. Out? Yeah, I've written a few courses. When I was at Billy Blue, I was actually um, teaching a portfolio class and I just went rogue and <laughs> redesigned it. We had like car park talks. It was called um, Concrete Talks. They wouldn't give me a room to run talks. So <laughs> we did it in the car park downstairs. Cool. You would have loved it. It was so graphic. Amazing. It was like these beautiful gr dark green walls and then like yellow slash like wow. the painting. And it was just really awesome. So we had talks down there. I in ran Melbourne? An, no, in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. And then I ran an internship program with 100%. All the students got an internship and they were like the best places in Brisbane. Wow. Um, I started a magazine, I moved classes around, I combined things, I rewrote the course, and that actually came became the basis for Design Kids, mm. was that kind of really heavy industry involvement and how do we get the students involved. So how do you make a living out of that? Do you then charge the universities or the designers or the, or yeah, the businesses? It's, it's been a, or all three? It's been a tough ride. <laughs> I never wanted to charge the students because I feel like there's a – they already don't know what to do. So Agda, for example, charged the students, but they're not delivering that much. Sorry, Agda. Mm. Um, 
Agda gets slammed quite a lot. I in know. This podcast series. I know. It's hard because it's it feels like a big ship that no one's driving. Mm. Sorry, Nick. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't want to charge the students. I didn't want to charge the studios. Like, imagine if I came to you and said, "I want you have to pay to be on here." Like, I need you to inspire the students. So I need both parties mm. to be free. So it's like. I'm charging the people who want to access that relationship. So it's schools. It's uh, I'm working a lot with Wix at the moment. Um, it's other big design companies that want to be in that conversation. But mm. it has been a really rough ride trying to make it financially viable. Mm. So we've been surviving off about 70 grand a year. The entire team, all the travels, <laughs> the wow. website, everything. It's been insane. Jesus. So, yeah, it's pretty shoestring. Do the, have the design schools now seen kind of the the energy and the, and the difference you can make to uh, help students and then call you in as, as a task or te teach the students? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do a lot of workshops. I went to, as part of the Europe trip, I did three weeks around England and I did 27 university lectures, lectures and workshops and it was insane. I thought, like the final one was at Central St. Martins and I thought, God, they must know this stuff. Like they're going to think I'm yeah. so patronising. And um, they were just, you know, I got hundreds of emails. Like, this was the best day at uni. I didn't know all this stuff. Wow. This is amazing. Like, you've completely changed my life. I got a message yesterday saying this guy, uh, again, from England, have been. he's like, I've just won all these awards. I just graduated. I've got offered six amazing jobs. I'm working for a mother in London, blah, blah, blah. Like, thank you so much. And it's so amazing to get that wow. feedback. Because you, Yeah, because you know you're making a difference. So I feel like I finally hit my stride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you're giving back, so it's such a, it's a young age as well. You're still young. I mean, yeah. It's like, you're not like you're, not like you're done I'll or anything. That. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, obviously there's something fundamentally wrong with their education system. And I think that comes up quite often, that conversation around, you know, design schools are still you know, not necessarily providing the talent or not. The talent's there, but I think they're not necessarily... Um, <coughs> Um, teach them relevant skills for for today, you know, because you still get, you know, you still get students come through. I mean, they're not everybody, of course, but and you always did have stronger ones or weaker ones. And yeah. some 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 courses here. There's a course here. I think Shillington they do a three month course, very quick um, time frame. Yeah. And often those students, I mean, we've got three or four of them in the business now. Yeah. They're they're stronger than the ones have done two or three years. Yeah. I don't um, want to plug Andy, but Andy Shillington basically designed that course backwards because he was hiring people and he was like, why ah. don't they have the practical skills to be a designer after three years? So he's like, these are the things they know, need to know. Let's work backwards. And yeah, because I was teaching at Shillington and Billy Blue simultaneously. Okay. And it was interesting because I was teaching second year at Billy Blue um, editorial design and they had three months to design a 24-page magazine between five of them. Three months. When would you ever get that yeah. brief? It's yeah, insane. Yeah. And then I was teaching at Shillington. It's like, you know, a new brief every day and it's so hectic, but they're actually trained for real world scenario. Mm. And even the classroom's set up like a studio. Yeah. I don't want this to seem like I'm plugging Shillington. Well, it seems like it, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, but it's, it's interesting looking at all these different schools and how they run. Like Tractor used to do a great job back in the day. Um, so, yeah, I think there's elements. Foundry in Tasmania is amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot with Swinburne at the moment. Um, Monash and RMIT in Australia are like the top unis at the moment, I would mm. say. Um, Monash always slays on the typography. It's really interesting to see the strengths and also the teachers involved. And yeah. And who's doing how much what? of it do you think is the 
Well, I'm just going to go back to the whole idea of a three-month course and all of a sudden you're qualified. Well, you're on your way as a yeah. designer. Yeah. Um, how much of it is that the the passion, the, con the concentrated effort, you know, and the people who come out of that, obviously, they're not into doing a long-term um, program. They've often come from career changes. One yeah. guy used to work as... Um, in the airport, and other, yeah. someone else was a photographer. Like they, they kind of have career changes. They yeah. go, right, I want to be a designer. Yeah. Blitz it for three months, and yeah. away they go. Yeah. Um, that, and they're often people who are very passionate and determined. Yeah. Um, how how much do you think, in terms of the determination and passion, is it critical to being a successful uh, designer or getting a job even? Oh, that's kind a, of a dumb one. question. <laughs> that's a really long question. I'm like, yeah, where is sorry. this question? Yeah, where no, are we but, going with yeah. that? <laughs> I would say um, I used to, because when I was teaching at both, people would say, which one do I need to study at? And I used to say, if you're younger, I would do a degree because it's almost like you need to grow up into design. Mm -hmm. If you're 19 and you get sped spat out 19 and three months later, you're not mentally prepared into the workforce. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're 45 and you've transferred into design, you have the skills, but you already have the soft skills from another industry, mm. then it makes sense to do that. So there's mm. there's pros and cons to both. Um, but I think passion wise, yeah, it's interesting being, cause I was lecturing for four years and you really can see that strong distinction. I'd say there's like, you know, 20% of the top that are brilliant. There's 20% of the bottom that are absolutely awful. And you're like, please leave. And then you've got this big wad in the middle that's average. And they're the most depressing ones. Because, Whoa. no, because it's like, you need to step up or step down. It's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. weird gray area where they're like, you know, their design is correct, but it's not exciting. What is that the... And that's the passion. And I think that's what I do a lot in my work is when I do folio reviews, I'll I'll watch their faces and they're going through their folio. Oh, I had to do this. I had to do that. And they look so bored. And then I remember this one girl, she designed the page numbers, this tiny illustration around the page numbers. And I said, did you do that? And she goes, oh, I love it. She goes, I really want to be an illustrator. Like, no, she didn't say that. She said, I love illustration. Dah, dah, dah. And I said, why don't you be an illustrator? And she goes, can I do that? And you're like, of course you can do that. And it's like her whole world lit up, but she'd been told to do this other folio. And I think that's the other problem is this kind of blanket advice to everyone instead of actually working out who they are as a designer and where they fit. Yeah. What about the, so what, can you help the wad down the bottom? Um, I would just recommend they do something else. Well, do you? I sound so mean. No, no, I think you need to be No, honest. but this comes back to design your life. Like, yeah. why do you want to be a designer? What is it that made you sign up as a like to do a design course? That always fascinates me. It's well, like, did, did you get, think it was going to be easy? or yeah. you know, how, how did it get in the first place? I don't know. It's like when you do art at school because it's like the cop-out one. Yeah. <laughs> like, did they think that was a thing at uni? I don't know. It always blows my mind, but it's... Yeah, it's almost like you just need to drill down and find out why they're doing that course. And a lot of courses actually, not a lot, but a few actually fire students at the end of each semester if they're not mm. up to scratch. And I love that because the quality is so much higher. Mm. And the respect for the degree that you get from that university is so much better because you know that you're not just being pumped through. You've actually earned it and you've gone through all these layers of being good enough so and what happens to those poor people that get dumped i mean well they do, find another career and i they? think that's fine i think like if people are honest and again this comes back to another point a lot of um students i meet they have this like cool cool design thing where they're like they want to be Gemma o'brien it's like you're not Gemma, and you your work doesn't look anything like that but you're you and you need to find the magic in what you're good at 
And I think like my magic is people, travel, design, business. And it's like, I've got this own little niche of myself. I'll never be you. I'll never be someone else, but I am the best version Absolutely. of me. I totally agree with that. Um, so I think just really drilling down and finding out what your passion is, is mm. what excites me. I want to see people on the right path. It breaks my heart when they're just kind of bumbling along and like, oh, I hate my job. And you're like, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> this is your whole life. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wake up. Well, I guess it's, that's the thing is you look at your, your strengths and weaknesses and actually actually design your life and look at what, you know, visualize and plan your life to what it, you want it to become. Yeah. But um, I think that's often like it's a bit self, daunting, you know. Yeah. And that's self-realization. A lot of people don't go down that path of actually exploring themselves and who they hard. are. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think as soon as you start, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper mm. into learning about yourself. So. Yeah, I think that's the gap is when people themselves don't know. Like I always say, it's like getting in a taxi and they say, where do you want to go? And you go, I don't mind. You're like, well, where the fuck am I going to drive you? <laughs> like, I'm just going to go around in circles. And it's the same with your career. If you don't step in and go, this is where I want to go, you are just going to go around in circles. Mm. Um, and it's crazy. I th feel like people need to take a, a lot more care around designing their life. Yeah, because time can go by and they can end up in a completely different place to exactly. what they, they, yeah. could, they could be. And, you you know, you take place, on you know. work and, you know, a bank brochure comes along and you go, sure, I'll do that. And suddenly you're the bank brochure, dude. Yeah, and yeah. you've gone down this tangent that you never wanted to be. So you have to be so deliberate with what you're putting out there. Absolutely. So I was going to ask a question. In my, in, in, uh, you know, so, no, <laughs> I was, no, here we go. Here we go. Uh, I mean, what drives this obsessive, obsessive missionary work? Because it's kind of like it is like you're a missionary. You're going around fixing, <laughs> fixing all these problems around the world, fixing this this gap this yeah. in within that you can see yeah. the opportunity to help people. But you, you know. do that with businesses. I'm talking about you. No, I know, but I'm I'm a problem solver just like you, and mm. that was my problem I chose to solve. Yeah. But you do that with your clients. It's that I don't. Yeah. I mean, I like helping people. That's a nice feeling, but it's not everything. I'm not like, oh, I have to do good in the world. Like, look at me. It's like I'm just doing my thing. I love solving a problem, and I feel like this is a huge problem. Yeah. And I'm like, bring it on. And do you see it as something that's getting solved, or is it getting is it getting better, or is the problem just every year the same problem over and over again because the universities and design schools aren't changing their approach? It's weird with technology. Like, if you look at Behance, it's like... I don't know whether it's getting more flooded or we just are more aware of what's out there because there's more platforms to show off your work. Did all those designers already exist or did they, is it just because they're on Behance now? Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, so yeah. you suddenly see, you know, there's millions. Behance, when it sold to Adobe, had 8 million users. Now it's 15 million users. That's 15 yeah, that's million crazy. designers. It blows my mind. What I think... What do you think the future of design is? I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, because it's it's there's a lot of technology, you know, coming in and taking over. And um, I mean, I personally, I'm I'm concerned. That yeah. That's something I, you see is that useful technology, useful tools to help you do your job. But yeah. when the point comes, that it actually takes your job, it does yeah. the job for you. Then you know, we're all become redundant. I mean, yeah. do you see it coming? That's coming up soon or not? Um, yeah, that worries me too. I think the strength is in strategy, thinking, creativity, problem solving. At the moment, a machine can't do that. Um, you have tools like Canva, which are taking out a lot of small design roles, but I think that's fine. Like, It's not like you want to design Instagram tiles, so let the bots do it, and that's yeah. fine. But I think the big picture stuff, the strategy, the thinking is where our strength lies and where we bring value. It's almost a, a division 
So the bottom half of the industry, it's kind of like, you know what, that can go, that's 99 designs, that's kind of that vibe. And then we're the top end of the industry where people pay like a lawyer for expert advice. But how, how do you, I mean, that's probably the bulk of the industry is the um, doing kind of more uh, practical, more mundane tasks. What are they going to do? Well, that makes me sad because well, I how think... Can, because not everyone's going to become a creative director, do you know what I mean? Like, ideally, I don't mean creative director, but I mean, like, bringing more to it than a visual. Mm. Like, you're very good at looking at the whole picture and the strategy and the thinking and everything. Um, and I think everyone should do that. They should... If even the most... I remember when I worked for you and you said, you know, any brief that comes in, it doesn't matter how small it is, we want it to be award-winning level. It's not like, oh, we'll just pump this out and get it done. It's like shoot for the stars every single time. And it's it's almost like all those briefs, you should be doing the same thing, like mm. challenging the business owner. What are your revenue streams? How can you make this better? How can you make it more efficient? How yeah. do we design for that? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And that's what they're paying for. They're not yeah. paying for this typeface, this color. Yeah. Um, so I think it's exciting. Mm. Where's the best place in the world for you? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Was it because there's so many? Yeah. We haven't so found hard. it yet. <laughs> well, for me, places are irrelevant. It's about people. Mm -hmm. So if you get the best people in the world and you're sitting in some, I don't know, jail cell, <laughs> you could have a really good time. Or yeah. you could go to the most amazing, you know, luxury island with someone rubbish and it's rubbish. It really comes so down to people. That. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> so my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think... My favorite places all come down to my favorite relationships with people. Wow. So right now it's Byron. And are you in a relationship? No. no. <laughs> I had to think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it must be hard if you're kind of traveling so much too. If you're yeah, to find it's been, someone. yeah, it's been really hard. Like I have been dating for the last six years. I've had probably three serious relationships, but some of them want to come with me. Some of them don't want to come with me. Some of them don't want me to go anywhere. And it just becomes, you know, a battle of you fighting for the best version of you mm. like they can't love me if I'm not me so yeah, it's this weird kind you, of contradiction you don't do you? yeah because then I'm just like a shell of myself yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm just charging forward I'm not sure if I'm doing it right but <laughs> no, that's cool I mean I think it's just such a I think if you're happy and bubbly and you're meeting people and you're on the right path and that can never be bad you know whatever life has in store for me that's fine yeah no, I'm totally so open to cool. it I mean just think what you've done in in that you know, uh, 10, 11 years. Uh, I mean, some people would not even do in a lifetime. I know, it kind you know, of. Or fraction that in a lifetime. It's funny when you're in it, you don't really think it's weird. Like when mm. I was in America for two years, I had this insane RV. It was like multicolored. It looked like something from the 70s. Well, it was from the 70s. Yeah. But we got Will Bryant to paint it, and it was literally like bright red, yellow, blue, orange. It was insane. And I was just living in it, driving around, and I just thought, you know, this is normal life. Yeah. And I look back at even photos of it, and I just think, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> I remember getting Ubers in San Francisco back to my RV which was parked on the street, like my house. It was oh, hilarious. It was probably too hard to drive, wasn't it? Or what? Oh, no, because I was, I was in San Francisco for, you know, three or four months, and I just lived on the streets in San Francisco in the RV. Yeah, but I'd move it around, so I'd get this Uber to my RV, and I'd always have to save some address where the car was. But it's like a bizarre concept to be dropped off at your car. <laughs> it's like the... It's like a traveling circus. It's like, it's like <laughs> it really is. It's been Design insane. kids are in town. Roll up, roll mm. up. 
Well, you know Monica in San Francisco? Yeah. I was uh, having dinner with a friend and the street cleaners come every Wednesday and I had to move the vehicle and, and basically I was zigzagging as close to his house as I could and all the parking's taken up. So I'm about 10 streets away from his house. There's one spot left under this tree and the RV's really tall mm. and I was like, so I parallel park it in like a boss, uh, get it under this tree, I'm super stoked, off I go to the city and then I get this message on Instagram and I basically parked outside Brent's house, Brent Couchman, who runs Monica. I'm literally parked outside oh his front God. door, and he actually took a photo and wrote the design kids are in town. Oh, I had no idea he lived there. So, yeah, it was so weird. Oh, that is so fun. I mean, the thing is, I mean, do you ever get scared with that? Do things go terribly wrong? Or, oh, or yeah. Yeah. Do? Yeah. The RV broke down for a couple of months in a row. I ended up. Um, in some really sketchy situations. There was like three big ones in a row where I was like, this is not good. Like, I might actually die. Oh, God. Um, yeah. In San Francisco? No, in New Orleans. Well, in Louisiana. Right. Um, yeah, I had like fuel pouring out the vehicle at one point. I broke down in this town and there was just these like 15 men like drink it they were a bit drunk and they were pulling apart the seafood and it was just me and them I was completely by myself and they were like we'll help you with your car and stay and have a beer and you know it's and then one of them said oh we need a part in the next town and I said I'll come with you and we're driving I'm in this guy's car he's like 60 he's hitting on me there's a AK there's like some kind of massive gun in between us because like guns are legal mm. and I'm like what the hell am I doing here like no one knows I'm here this guy could just kill me or oh do God. anything and no one would know anything. It's insane. So there's been a lot of scenarios like that where I'm like, mm, not so, so safe. So you grabbed the gun, shot him. No, I just the kind of. Wound, you just water. have to be very polite, very firm, very kind of um, not vulnerable. Like, you know, you just have to insert your power a little bit. But yeah, it's quite terrifying, especially when yeah. you have blonde hair. I don't know why, but blonde hair that. makes it like. I was gonna, but that would be wrong for me to say that. I'm glad you said yeah, it. Yeah, when you're traveling, blonde hair really is a kind of like huge yeah. Oh, arrow yeah, yeah, tourist, yeah. like rip this person off. But little, I mean, little do they know. I know. There's been really positive things. Like when we're in New Zealand, we hitchhiked around New Zealand for three months because we didn't have a van. And that was brilliant. That was so much fun. We just had a map and a bivy bag and we were just sleeping on the beach and it was absolutely amazing. And mm. we ended up staying at Jacinta Arden's house for four days, the prime minister, Jesus. <laughs> when we were homeless. <laughs> like it's so How wild. We're on a boat and like having a great time. And I was like, this is so why I do this. Like every day is completely different. It's been an insane journey. Um, there's so many amazing things like Paula Sher you had on here. When I was in Portland, mm. I got to design a poster for her coming for AIGA, they asked me to design it. Oh, cool. And I was like, I just designed a poster for Paula Shaw. Like, yeah. I'm not even American. I was in uh, LA in an Uber pool. And, uh, you know, when you get a pool and you're like, yeah, no yeah. one get in, no one get in. <laughs> and then I'm nearly at my destination and someone gets yeah. a, gets in the pool. And I was like, oh, damn it. And it was this older lady. And she goes, um, what do you do? And I said, I'm a graphic designer. And she goes, oh, my husband's uncle is a graphic designer. And I literally rolled my eyes. Like, everyone knows yeah, a graphic yeah. designer. And I go, oh yeah, what? I go, what's his name? And she goes, Soul Bass. Oh <laughs> I was my like, God. what? And then I get my phone out and start recording. And yeah, her husband's 
uncle was Sol Bass, who's now dead, but wow. his wife Eileen still lives in Malibu. And I was like, hook me up. Can I go and hang out with oh. Eileen? But she just got divorced with the husband. So it was that side of the family. And I was like, can you just make up with him for the day? Like, <laughs> I would love that. This would literally change my life. Um, but yeah, America's insane. Like so many crazy things. Like James Victoria, I turned up at yeah. his ranch when he just oh, moved. Texas. Yeah, I was his first visitor. He just moved house. And then I rock up in the big RV. Hey, James. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, it was amazing. So, so many cool things have happened. That's that's kind of like crazy just to kind of the, and it's almost like you, you obviously thrive on that. The unexpected. Mm. Yeah. Like, well, I'm put, a giant put nerd. In, in, yeah, putting yourself in like, Semi-uncomfortable situation. Oh, constantly. Uh, <laughs> constantly. But is it the thrill? Is it the story after this you love, or is it the? No, it's the life it? experience. Like I really want to live. I want to like squeeze all the life out of life. Mm. Like I find that so exciting. Yeah. And I just think, you know, if I died tomorrow, I've had such a good time. Like I didn't waste any time. I don't have an iPhone anymore. I've got a burner phone, so you have to call or text me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a TV. I don't um, sit at a desk. I don't have any routine. There's no kind of that normality in my life. It's all exciting things, experiences. If you said, hey, Frankie, we want you to consult on this project in Fiji. We're going in half an hour. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like yeah. totally into it. I'm open to anything. It's so exciting. And I think just having that flexibility, my whole life is set up for that flexibility. It's, yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm trying to get my head around it. <laughs> Damn it, how did you manage this? <laughs> it was like, why? Why did you get that? I mean, why can't you can everybody? Can every, well, <laughs> this is what I mean. When I, seriously, when I read your book title, I was like, damn it, that was my title. Yeah. Like, I really believe in designing your life. Like, we design people's businesses, we design their brands. Um, why can't we design our lives? So, um, I'm really oh, interested. Can. Of yeah. You can. So, I'm really um, interested in lifestyle design and what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess for. for Anyone listening in, of course, listening to your life when most people are working a nine to five. Yeah, or, don't hate me. <laughs> no, no, but it's just like how you made that work, what you had to give up, what you had to give up in terms of like a house, a home, maybe relationships or any kind of possessions, things like that, to have yeah. that that freedom. Yeah. The well, stuff it, that it holds just, you down. You, it just you've got comes down to your values. Like I remember doing a values um, like life workshop years ago and I – he was like, what's your values? And I said, oh, I don't know. But I came up with like 10 things. And he's like, no, these are all wrong. And he said, all you do is look at the decisions you make in your life to work out your values. So my number one value is freedom. Mm -hmm. My second value is success. So I would choose um, traveling over design, but only just. Like it would mm -hmm. be very tight call. Family are lower down. My family are in England. It's not that I don't love them, but my kind of excitement comes from that top one from freedom um mm. and it comes down like i don't crave security at all i don't give a shit about security like my mm. parents are both self-employed um we used to go camping and all these trips as kids and like you know i remember one year my friend's dad couldn't come on holiday with us and i said where's your dad and she goes he doesn't have any holiday left and i was like what does that mean and she oh, goes well you get Jesus. four weeks a year and he doesn't have any left and i was like four weeks <laughs> that's yeah. terrible So your life is a holiday yeah, totally. 365? Yeah, totally. I can do whatever I want. And I think that success for me is having control over your time. Like mm. no one has control over my time. Does than time me. go slower as a, as a result of that for you or faster? Or how, does, how does that work? Um, I'd say it probably goes faster because it doesn't drag. Um, but if you named a month and a year, I could tell you exactly what I was doing. 
like in my life in mm. the last 35 years. Wow. Yeah, because it's so different. So you must get itchy feet. I mean, can you just chill out and hang out? And well, wait? that's what I'm trying to do now. So I moved back to Byron in December. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I want to buy a house up there. I'm trying to be really, really still. I got offered to speak at um, Birmingham Design Festival mm-hmm. last week. And they I've got to go to England anyway, but it's a month earlier than I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we'll pay for your flights. Do you want to come? And it was really hard. But I said no because my new priority is myself mm-hmm. and, and kind of being still as possible. Your so I was really new priority is yourself? Well, I think was being kinder before? to myself. Oh, yeah, being good to like yourself. Like the last... Six years, I've been dragging my poor body around the world. And, you know, I think the last kind of six months was the toughest. I was just going through the motions of getting it done. Um, so mm. now I'm just kind of chill. So it's really exciting. So the freedom became harder. I, th- I, know, I think the business demands got higher because it mm. was a six-year road trip. So it was Australia, New Zealand, and then America and Canada for two years, Europe for a year. And then the final year I had to fly because was, there was too much left. So last year I did uh, Africa, the Middle East, Central and South America and Asia. And that was really hectic because it was a week in each city. You have to suss out the whole design industry in a week and then document wow. it, interview them, go to everything, be drinking. Hello, who are you? You yeah, should meet yeah. this person. Da, 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 and then put it all on the website and then go to the next place. Wow. So it was so grilling. Uh, luckily, I had Corey. So she did a lot of the research before I got there. Um, I used to do the research and that was even worse because I would have to do the research before I got there, all the stuff in person and all the follow-up to get it all online. And it's a lot of work for one person. So now I have a really good team. So would you encourage... So you're, you're helping people get jobs. Yeah. But you're free. <laughs> I know. You're free. It's funny. What's the, going on here? The students say that. They say, like, I want to be you. And I used to, like, hold up the car keys and be like, take the keys. Like, it's not glamorous. Like, in the RV in America, my shower stopped working, so I just had a saucepan to wash my hair. And, like, I think... You know, there's this real glamour of traveling and it's not glamorous. It's just a different way of living. Like travel makes my brain work. If I'm moving, my brain is moving forward and that's mm. where I get excited. Yeah, but it's yeah. not for everyone and it's not necessarily better than what someone else has. So I'm not encouraging them to like get a job and I'm like, haha, sucked in. I'm encouraging them to explore what type of job they should have. Mm. That's the message so I should what, leave so with what them. what gets you down? What, what is it like when you when you can't move or you haven't got the freedom or... The, you're not, I think you're not like with money stresses me out a lot, mm-hmm. like cash flow for design kids. Yeah. Um, I can really tell when I get stressed is, you know, when that's tight because that's all my responsibility. And for the last nine years, I've been kind of doing community stuff and the money runs out and I go, oh, God, start calling people. Hey, da, 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 get some more money and then go back to my happy place, the community. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly fighting myself. So this year I'm embracing it and it's great. I've got mm. a new business coach. I have a mentor. So the co-founder of Behance, um, mm-hmm. Matthias, is my mentor. Wow. Um, I've had mentors for the last seven years, so I get a new one every year. So Andy mm. Hoyne was my mentor before that. He was brilliant. Uh, ben Johnson from Joseph Mark. Kevin Finn was my mentor. Um, so I pick people that are doing exactly what I want to do in the ideal scenario, and then I work with them for a year. And we do an hour a month mm. for free. Yeah. And, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. I owe them everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And in that in that time, you've seen significant change in how you approach. Oh, huge. Yeah. I think Andy Hoyne was probably the most um, monumental because I have a real block with money. I'm very resourceful. So if I have enough money, I'm not really chasing money. Mm. And Andy's like, you need to get your head around this. This is a problem. How did he recommend you do that? <laughs> Rob a bank. <laughs> Call no, me out for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hasselvin's yeah. 101. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, but it's really good to pick people that things you're weak at and they can teach you how to be better. Mm. Yeah, I really love mentors. It's one of the things we were going to build a mentoring platform this year that was kind of like Airbnb, but for design mentoring. Yeah, it's way too hard. <laughs> I can't oh, deal it? with it. I've got That's enough shame. things to do. If you want to build it with me, let me know. Yeah, we'll just have a touch. Or if anyone that. listening, please well, I, email I, me. I, I mentor a lot of people too, and I just I just love it. Just because you just kind of from your from my perspective, when I'm talking to someone and they tell me about their life and what they're doing and what their ambitions are, you can see it clear as day as what the opportunities are for yeah, them. Yeah, and where they're where going. They go. Yeah. But it's like, it's like. For yourself, yeah, it's, it's hard impossible. To do for yeah. So, impo- so yeah. hard. I've actually started um, studio coaching for that reason. So I was working with, I was talking to a lot of studios and I was like, you know, I'm getting this information for the students. And I thought, you know what, the studios need this advice. So I start, started coaching studios yeah. like two years ago and it's going amazing. Like the, the work we've been doing with the studios as an outsider saying, what do you look like as a studio? Mm. What does your brand look like? Yeah, yeah. What do clients think? All this kind of stuff. It's amazing. And it's not that I'm a genius. It's that they can't see it because yeah, it's theirs. So. Well, I mean, obviously, with any business, I mean, we have a, conversations every day about this. It's like finding talent. Yeah. You know, we're constantly looking for talent here locally and around the world. Yeah. All different ways of trying to do it. Yeah. Um, there's one thing is finding the talent, and then there's the ongoing nurturing of that talent. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to kind of find the talent, and then the talent doesn't grow within your organization. Yeah. So yeah, I think, and that's I think a, a lot of companies job. have that problem. Yeah, it's you know? huge. But I think also finding the talent is one thing, but it's got to be a cultural fit as well. Mm. And that's something you can't see in their folio. Mm. And it's really hard to tick both those boxes. I think one thing I, I talk about to interns and other designers is understand that not every, every design studio is different. Yeah. So to spend time, do yourself a favor by spending time in, in, in various companies. Yeah. Um, either locally or globally, to get a taste for how, how a company is, a different culture and different vibe and different work and stuff. Because once you connect with one and it ends up being a full-time job, I mean, that's something that you've, you've committed for quite a bit of time. Yeah. So it's a big commitment, three years, five years, or one year, <laughs> one and a half years. Sure. Uh, 18 months 18 is a long months. time, Vince. It was a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if that was that, that was that period of time you agreed that you yeah. wanted to, you got to get out 18 months. It, yeah. That was what you needed. Right? Yeah. But some people could spend 10 years in an organization yeah. and, and feel that they were stuck and feel yeah. they hadn't tasted anything else and yeah. they don't know what the world's like. Yeah. So I think it's, I don't know if you suggest that too. I mean, obviously you're helping people get into their first job. Yeah. But how do you coach them into, things. you say like, once you're in, you're in kind of forever or how, no, how do you help think, them beyond that? I think they grow as a human being. Like the thing about my life is life and work is the same thing. It's it's not like this is your job and you switch off. It's like who you are as a person, who you are as a designer. Yeah. And like who you are in a community is all part of that. And I think we're really lucky in Australia. The design community is so good here. Mm. And all my friends that I'm catching up with in Sydney are all designers. It's like yeah. that overlap is yeah, so yeah, big. Yeah. So it doesn't come down to just them working at one company and what they're getting from it. It's like how are they growing? as a human alongside that yeah. and what do they want so that's going to change what do you do for uh, how do you look after yourself like you know oh, that's a good question do I'm, you terrib- exercise? I'm terrible at looking after myself drinking lots of booze <laughs> i think the last six years like i've really put everything on hold for the business um i've really poured everything into it so my health 
Um, like I get exhausted, I'm tired, I'm at airports at 3am, I'm sleeping in not very nice places. Like I'm just not looking after myself. So Cut. <laughs> that is not the good ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what no, are you going to No, 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 but it's really good. It? No, but that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So like one of the things when I finished that chapter of my life was like, how do I do the next chapter better? And mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to move to Byron. I'm going to be still. I'm going to have like a good group of people around me. I'm going to eat better. Like I'm rubbish at cooking, so I want to learn how to cook. Mm -hmm. um, exercising, being really kind to myself, all the things that I need to nurture myself that I'm bringing in now. So now the pressure offers from the traveling, yeah. I can put that energy into looking after myself. I'm really excited about this next chapter. I feel like the six-year road trip was like one chapter of my life, mm. and I'm really glad I finished it. I'm like I got so much out of it. Like international connections, friends, experiences, stories, life, everything. It was fantastic. Wow. But now I'm like, all right, what's next? It's Frankie time. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Well, that's really cool. I mean, you truly have. I was going to ask you if you designed your life, but you said you had in the very beginning. <laughs> so it. you, it's, quite, it's quite clear that that's important for you and you're, it's an ongoing Yeah, you know, it changes thing. for sure. Yeah, you're constantly evolving it and you need to listen to whether you're happy or not. And I think just being aware of, you know, not what other people think, like what you think you should want mm. is not what you actually want and just being able to tune into that. So, mm. Well, what a great combination. You've got a phenomenal life, freedom, travel. You created a brand. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur. You're helping people. Yeah. Are you adding value? Um, you're constantly evolving. I mean, yeah. it's incredible to see what you've done. Thanks, Vince. Oh, that means a lot you. to me. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Cool. Thank you all for listening. If you want to find out more about Designing Your Life, head over to our website at designyourlife.com.au or on our social media at Frost Collective.